0: Hi, and uh, welcome to the uh, afternoon sessions here for the London Virtual NASDAQ Conference. My name is Mark Lepasas. I am Senior Semiconductor Analyst at Jefferies. Uh, it is a great honor for me to host the NVIDIA Fireside Chat. I'm going to read a, um, a disclaimer, and then we're going to jump into... Uh, Q&A with um, NVIDIA CFO. So members of the media and press are not authorized to participate in this event. If you are from the media or or the press, please disconnect from the call now. The content presented on the conference call is proprietary to and or subject to the copyrights of Jeffries or third parties. You may not publish or otherwise publicly disclose the name of or otherwise identify the speakers unless Jeffries permits it in writing. By attending this event, you agree to all of these restrictions. Okay, with the disclaimer out of the way, it's my great pleasure to introduce Colette Crest, the CFO and Executive Vice President of NVIDIA uh colette is um has previously was the senior vice president and cfo at cisco's business technology and operations finance organization uh, as well as the cfo at microsoft's server and tools division for 13 years and prior to that she served at texas instruments in a variety of financial uh, positions uh and um with that i just want to say uh to colette welcome and thanks for joining us today
1: Thank you so much, Mark, for hosting this um, and appreciate uh, the uh, time here with NASDAQ.
0: Great. So, uh, Collette, if it's okay with you, I'd just like to jump right into the, the, the questions. Um, uh, so the first question that I have is on ARM. And um, and so I was hoping that we could uh, kind of uh, do an update here. So. Um, you know, you guys are in the process of trying to get regulatory approval for ARM at, at Computex earlier this month, uh, Jensen expressed confidence that your proposed acquisition would, would be approved later this year or into 2022. And there's been other news reports that, um, that suggested that, um, uh, some players are, uh, against the deal. Um, and, uh, and because they are concerned about handling, handing greater control of designs for armed processors to a U.S.-based company. So I was hoping for the first question, if you can um, you know, reconcile your confidence with some of the reported pushback uh, from what we're hearing in the press from you know, other, other players in the technology market.
1: Yes, Uh, our ARM acquisition um, is an important piece uh, to our future, Um, but we look at this as a true regulatory process and following through a process um, just like we had seen with our overall Mellanox uh, deal. What we end up doing is a world tour discussing with each of the jurisdictions around the world. Uh, working starting with the U.S., moving to the U.K., Europe, and overall China. Right now, that process is uh, moving um, as expected, as each of the jurisdictions are working on their questions, understanding the technology, and all is essentially intact. Now, when you think about the overall customers, it's interesting when you think about the customers for ARM and the customers for NVIDIA are often some of the same. And so we do have the ability to discuss with many customers in terms of what we have as a opportunity for ARM post the closure of the deal. We look to invest in both ARM, helping them really build their models past what they had built for the overall mobile platform and very well in the mobile platform, but the additional investments that it will take them to build out data center, automotive, and or IOT. Our investment is not something that ARM can do as a standalone company. There is so much work that needs to be done in terms of building out the ecosystem for many of the different types of players. And many of those types of uh, industries, particularly data center and automotive, are places that we have a longstanding relationship with many of the participants in that. So we are working uh, with customers, and honestly, many of our customers and ARMS customers together have learned and understood that the great value that NVIDIA can provide to their ecosystem. We'll continue to invest not only in ARM, but keep in mind the U.K., The UK is where Arm is currently headquarters. We plan to keep it there. And as you've seen us develop already supercomputers for the industry in Cambridge, for them to focus on healthcare and other use cases around there, we will continue that investment in the UK. So keep in mind, um, it is a long process regulatory It probably will take us through the beginning part of 2022. But again, we remain confident.
0: And Arm has a history of, of open licensing its processors. Is there any intent to change that uh, approach uh, should the, you, know, you get the approval?
1: That's correct. Arm has a great business model of licensing, open licensing to essentially any type of customer that would arrive. There is no desire for NVIDIA to change that model. That model is essential to why ARM has been overall successful. What we can do is we can add to it. We can add technology that NVIDIA has to their model and continue to license in that open framework that they have completed. But correct, there's no plan
0: to change their open licensing model. Uh, Gotcha. And I believe that you've you've indicated that with ARM and video would increase innovation in the computing uh, ecosystem. Can you give us an example of how you might be able to do that?
1: Sure. Let's think about the uh, data center, uh, the data center uh, market opportunity. ARM has already started uh, the work in terms of uh, creating overall cores that would be great for her data center. But keep in mind, there's more to that when you think about the future of acceleration in AI. ARM is known as a CPU, probably one of the most energy efficient CPUs mirroring that with something as accelerated computing with GPUs can really build a great thing together. But they need assistance. They need assistance in terms of how you put that together, in terms of in the instruction sets, how you bring that to market. So there's a great example of where we can assist them. We also have some of the same experiences as it relates to PCs. So we have the ability to help them think through acceleration um, and AI that may be available to the PC market through the enterprises as well and add to that.
0: Gotcha. Uh, that's very helpful. So and, and on this topic, Colette, I just, about an hour ago, I got an email from your investor relations department uh, talking about an interview that, you uh, 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 jensen is going to have with the arm ceo um uh at what looks like it's 1 p.m uh eastern time tomorrow uh you know it's for me what's interesting is it seems like the um the the narrative has been largely one-sided we we haven't heard a lot um uh from you guys on this is this is this a is this a new effort should we expect to hear more uh kind of you know, conversations, uh, interviews like this, um, uh, talking about the benefits of this, and and maybe you could just talk about what what's what's the intent on this interview tomorrow.
1: Yes, Mark. Um, this is a interview that is being uh, put together from Pat Moorhead, um, who has great industry experience, and really asked the two gentlemen to come together, the two CEOs, to really talk about. Both the future of what they see in the industries, but most importantly, to talk about the deal. What do both of them see together uh, with Arm plus Nvidia? Highly recommend this interview. I think it will be a great event.
0: Great. Okay, looking uh, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot of interest in that. Um, okay, so that um, so I want to move to a different part of Arm. So. Um, we, we, talk, we just talked about the regulatory process, but you in April announced that you're going to develop your own ARM CPU that you're calling Grace and that um, I believe that this will ship in 2023. Um, what's the idea behind making your own ARM CPU uh, To and to what extent it, are you doing this to work with in conjunction with your GPUs for AI workloads or versus uh, to solve this as a standalone CPU?
1: Yes, we announced at our GTC the upcoming ARM CPU Grace. Now, keep in mind, we have built other CPUs on ARM uh, in many of our SOCs over the last several years. But this is our first time bringing an ARM CPU to the overall data center workloads. Grace um, is a unique Overall CPU. It is intended to be a CPU for certain types of workloads. Those workloads that we are concentrating on are high performance computing and AI workloads. Or another way of saying this, that this is not intended to be a universal general purpose. CPU, GPU together. This works with our overall GPU next generation that will also come out and will work in terms of the interconnects and the links that function between CPU, GPU and all of the other different pieces within the computing infrastructure. This was something that we've been working on for several years. It takes quite a bit of effort to really fine tune what we think we need for this industry. So it actually started well before the signature of the overall arm deal. But yes, we plan to bring it to market and we plan that it will be available for shipping in 2023.
0: Gotcha. What, what will you be able to address with grace that you, that you can't do with x86 right now?
1: The key thing with GRACE is it is engineered, it is designed in terms of working with accelerated computing and working with our GPU infrastructure. When you think about some of the work that we have started to do, our focus is not on just that time in acceleration and the time that the acceleration takes place with the GPU. You have to think about all of the different time and components around the GPU to also improve their performance for overall acceleration. So our direct connection with the overall CPU is we can now work on influencing the overall acceleration and AI process together uh, with that CPU. x86 will continue to be our number one CPU uh, form factor that we also connect with but this is a one that can really focus on acceleration in AI
0: Gotcha and you have you've articulated the you know a vision for uh, data center scale architectures that include you know, CPUs, GPUs, DPUs integrated into to a single box. Um, is do you need to acquire ARM to achieve this vision, or is can can you get by with having an uh, an ARM architectural license and uh, you know just you know designing and making your own CPU yourself without without owning uh, the instruction set?
1: So that is correct. We've created a um, outlook uh, moving forward that really focuses on data center computing as a whole. The modernization of data centers as we see them today uh, will continue. And that is a focus on the CPU, the GPU, and the new and upcoming overall DPUs, which are referred to as the data processing units. This disaggregation of data centers is so key to how we see data centers being built today and in the future, taking part on what the work needs to be accomplished and creating racks and systems that those pieces are all separate. Now, having an ARM um, architectural license has enabled us now to create a CPU to work in these overall modern data centers, an ARM CPU, and give a choice of an opportunity outside of x86. Is that enough um, to create our work that we have here for CPU, GPU, and DPU uh, going forward? Likely, absolutely, that we have a great roadmap. We've got a great overall plan, not only focusing on hardware, but also focusing on software software systems um, as we put this together. Um, ARM will be a great addition. Uh, when it closes, uh, but again, we always have an opportunity with our existing uh, plans and our existing opportunities in front of us.
0: Great. and I want I want to pick up on the comment you just made on, you know about the software it's, it's, and in and, and talking about the data center ecosystem, it seems like, one of the reasons you've been so successful in the data center uh, and gaming for that matter is the ecosystem that you have created. Can you provide a framework for investors to think about your ecosystem in the data center? I, I know that you've been developing CUDA since I think it's 2005, but can you help us understand the vertical market software stacks and, uh, you know, the, 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 work you put into those and, and how that impacts, you know, um, the the customer stickiness. Absolutely.
1: Let's try and uh, work backwards in terms of how we have developed to where we are today, thinking about our systems that we create for the data center, but also the ecosystem around it that has enabled uh, the adoption and where we've reached in terms of that adoption today. It started all the way back when we were focused on PCs and focus in terms of a killer app, in terms of gaming. Our desire was to move to other platforms, platforms outside of the desktop or overall notebook platform. And we did by moving to where CUDA was available on every single GPU that we built. What is CUDA? CUDA is our development platform. CUDA is a development platform that allows developers out there to determine new use cases for the overall GPU and the accelerated capabilities. So starting all the way back more than 15 years ago, uh, developers have come on board and have leveraged overall um, CUDA to work with the overall GPUs. This has birthed our overall data center um, ecosystem. We have right now more than 2.5 million developers right now that are focused on CUDA and focused on that accelerated platform. That enabled the uh, building of AI solutions using GPUs. That early work had started with the hypersales that built out a big part of their infrastructure to monetize for their business models and using overall AI. But that was the first start of it saying CUDA was that first underlying software opportunity that allowed us to build out this ecosystem, but so much more has happened. When you have seen the development of frameworks, frameworks that essentially sit on top of CUDA and these AI frameworks that enable uh, hyperscales and or enterprises to work in those frameworks to build out solutions that they may need for their different businesses. We work together in terms of stitching together those frameworks with CUDA so that you can run on top of overall GPUs. But we continue work even beyond just those frameworks in terms of application SDKs, working together with the APIs that stem from the overall applications that are used every single day with the overall enterprises and many of their workloads. So you will see a proliferation of new SDKs for large markets that we think will benefit the future of using acceleration versus just a standard x86 server configuration. All of these enterprises need assistance and they need someone working to help them on that software so the deployment And the ease of use is there for them. So when you think about NVIDIA and our work, sure, building and designing overall hardware, hardware silicon is top of mind. But we also have a very large focus on software today, software that is included in almost each and every single one of our platforms that we have.
0: Gotcha. And, and as part of that, uh, also recently you introduced pre-trained neural networks for genomics and natural language language processing. How, how do we think about that? Is that another layer on top of what you've been doing in the past? Um, how does it fit into your, the pre-trained neural networks? Fit into your ecosystem?
1: The solutions that we bring to market, a, whether it is a uh, enterprise that just wants to buy a GPU server. Or wants to buy a full system, or wants to purchase a full system, rent a system, lease a system, and come with pre-trained models, we are looking to provide as many different form factors and solutions to enable their adoption of acceleration. So that is another case where when you think about how infrastructure was built over the last two decades, it started from a bottoms up approach that says, you build out the server data center infrastructure and then start thinking about applying the application. In many cases now, enterprises can leverage the cloud to get a first look and well-designed ideas on how they can use that in their own on-premise if they desire to bring it on-premise. So these pre-trained models are an example to say, a federated way to share some of the best work that is already in the market that they can add on to and also help um, uh, sustain these overall models to even get better and better by returning them back to the models um, to add to. So these are all as a plan to expand uh, the ecosystem, plan expand the use cases of using accelerated AI. Um, and that's just one of the many different offerings that we have.
0: And, and you know, the, and when we talk about software, you know, you look at your margins have you know grown remarkably over time, and you you, you start to look like have an operating model that approaches that of a software company. Can you talk about how you get paid for your software. To what extent is it embedded in the price of your uh, GPUs and to what extent do you charge and license separately for your software?
1: Yeah, great question. So uh, with software being such a big component of many of our platforms today, the question is, well, well, where is that? How do I see that? So our software comes with each and every platform, whether that be gaming and gaming drivers. If you think about our work in terms of RTX, uh, DLSS, all of that is incorporated in what we provide today and ship. meaning we do not charge for it separately. Uh, we do not call it out overall separately. It is embedded within that. You can take that software all the way to our professional visualization as well. As you recall, this is a very important industry. We're working with the top 50 to 100 different enterprise applications is key. We are assured that the GPU is well stitched together with those applications, both from a forward-looking basis, but also a backwards-looking basis that it always works successfully. When you move to data center, Now with our overall CUDA, our overall CUDA libraries, our compilers, our frameworks, and our SDKs, at this time, most of that is free and available uh, for download and overall use. So we have incorporated the use cases. um, And when you think about our overall, for example, gross margins across our platforms, you would say that they represent the cost of the overall manufacturing and the cost of the overall software is within our overall OPEX. So this has been a very successful model in terms of expanding out the ecosystems, but there's also now an opportunity for us to license software separately, an ability for us to continue our expansion with enterprises in the data center and putting together uh, software solutions that are very similar to the system software licensing that they do with such partners, such as VMwares and other. So when enterprises are thinking about building out their data centers, they want to assure that their accelerated computing is just like what they have in terms of their existing infrastructure. They want to schedule the jobs. They want to make sure that they can monitor the overall performance of that acceleration just on top of the VMWare. So we have created a a suite of products uh, with our enterprise AI software that will be available, very similar to VMware and connected uh, to what VMware has in terms of vSphere as well. That's just one opportunity that we will have in terms of pricing separately. Additionally, you'll look at a um, software um, SDK, such as Omniverse. Omniverse is a ability to attract the overall designers and creators out there um, in a collaborative virtual world, such that they can create their digital twin To be on the floor of the design and the manufacturing to fine-tune those overall designs. This has attracted quite a bit of attention from the 20 million or more designers that are out there and POCs are in uh, place for them to think about uh, the wide licensing throughout enterprise design teams. Um, to use. So these are some of the examples. Uh, so we'll look in terms of what we will have incorporated in every single GPU that you can buy, but also things that are specific for certain workloads and/ or industries.
0: Great, so that's very uh, helpful color and you know you know, as software becomes more important, would you consider breaking out software as a, as a line item on your, um, in, in your bottom up you know, reporting of your res- revenues? And
1: why are why not? Yeah. Absolutely, there's an opportunity for us to break that out when it becomes a meaningful uh, number for to communicate. We'll be able to give you progress along the way in terms of the adoption of our software, what types of customers uh, and folks are interested in there. But when it gets to a meaningful amount, and it would be something that we could separate, we would likely do so.
0: Gotcha. Um, so I want to talk. I want to talk about your your. Your, the competitive landscape and your your customers a bit. And the in the olden days, when I was a young analyst, uh, semiconductor companies used to make semiconductors, and and system companies used to make systems. And now. You guys have morphed into a company that's providing a whole ecosystem, uh, system, and then you know some of your customers like Amazon or, or Google are, are developing their own chips. So that there's definitely cross currents in the value chain. Um, and I think one of the concerns that I hear from investors is that you know most developers use these AI programming languages that people call them deep learning frameworks like TensorFlow or Keras, and that the hardware underneath, like NVIDIA GPUs, could be abstracted out and um, effectively commoditized. And so while it's not obvious that this is happening right now, this is a concern. So what do you say to investors who voice that concern? So
1: there is definitely a recognition of NVIDIA has changed from its early days of a semiconductor overall chip company. This is something that we have moved to in a full system and essentially a computing company. Uh, rather than looking at us just as an overall chip company. We've continued uh, to work in terms of building out ecosystems, but building out essentially anything you may need in the data center to complete that and be a full computing company. What that enables is not just bringing to market astounding hardware that we do. Great hardware, of course, is the uh, table stakes of building out a computing company. But it is also important to think about how you have stitched together Uh, the ecosystem to use the overall hardware that is put together. We're in the early days of acceleration and AI workloads, meaning many more innings in front of us, and we've even seen a wide adoption in the last couple of years, but we are still a long way from broad use in terms of in the enterprise. Even with the great growth that we have seen, we have a huge opportunity in front of us. From time to time, you'll find people that say, I would like to build a customized or a chip for a certain overall workload and give that a try. But one of the things that NVIDIA has that separates us is that development platform. The development platform is not always uh, right and front and center in the first thing that you see when you start the use of an overall GPU, but it is essential to keeping the movement forward in expanding the types of workloads that are using AI. For example, you will see in the early days, we focused on image detection. We focused on uh, image categorization as one of the very first AI types of workloads. Well, it's expanded greatly when we think about the introduction of natural language processing, uh, 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 speech to text, or vice versa. These types of new expanding workloads have extended the use case for overall GPUs and the need for developing uh, frameworks and stitching that together. So although it may seem that there is not a need for that underlying uh, CUDA uh, development platform, it is essential. Everyone in terms of as they think going forward is jumping into CUDA uh, to continue to expand the uses of um, uh, the GPU for new types of workloads that are developing. That work still has to be created and the software is uh, needed uh, to help them um, advance that work. So there will be from time to time an opportunity for custom ASIC or custom check for a certain workload. Uh, but if we think about the future of overall AI, Having a platform that is flexible, programmable to change with all of the advancements, we think we are well positioned for that.
0: Well, Colette, um, Uh, We're coming to the top of the hour and we could talk, you know, I have a million questions. We could talk for hours and hours. uh, uh, But this is great color is really informative conversation. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us today at the fireside chat. And I look forward to seeing you in London in person next year, hopefully. Great. Thanks, Mark. Enjoyed the time today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thanks everybody for joining. Bye-bye.